Good evening and welcome to episode 317 of the JazzNet Podcast. I'm John McCallum. The JazzNet Podcast, of course, is the independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans where the content is free. It's not just a podcast we have here at JazzNet. Uh, there's a friendly forum, there's articles, there's social media, and there's a great history archive. Um, if you're first time listening to the pod tonight, we would encourage you to subscribe, um, share on social media if you enjoy it, um, and of course, you can let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, Frankie will we'll be looking at them uh, throughout. Now on tonight's show, uh, we'll have a look back at yesterday's 5-0 win over Hearts. Uh, we'll talk about Cyril Dessers, uh, Conor Goldson. What was our best goal yesterday? I have a chat about Benfica and just what goal that does make a great Rangers captain. Um, and if we've got time at the end, we'll have a look ahead at our next match with Kilmarnock on Wednesday night. Now, before we do any of that, I have to have a quick mention of our sponsors, Forest Precision Engineering. They're a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company and they've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years. Uh, we're delighted they're backing our pod and you can find out more about them at forestprecisioneng.com. You can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, which is a stunning hospitality area in the main stand. And if you'd like more information on that, you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Okay, um, I'll just introduce my guests. Now, I was in Five Guys in Savinta Street in the middle of town earlier on today, and I bumped into Callum McGregor. Graham Shinney and Andy Robertson. And Andy Robertson had actually just finished playing in a cup final at Wembley, but he'd made it there quite, quite quickly. Uh, and he approached me and he said, John, John, just, just before we order our milkshakes, who are the guests on Jersnet tonight? And, and when I told him it was Ross Bennett and Scott Bradley, well, I gotta tell you, they were so excited and apparently they never missed a show. Uh, so they were both in good spirits. Um, you guys, how's things tonight? You, you must be enjoying your, your weekend, eh? even, I don't know about you, Scott, uh, or I, I don't know about you, Scott, I don't know where you live, but I know that Ross doesn't live nearby, so he hasn't perhaps enjoyed the, the kind of spring-like weekend we've had in Glasgow. <laughs> no, I'm fantastic, mate, and uh, I will say this as well, there's no five, guy, five guys in the five bank, that's for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I, There are five guys, but they're trying to steal your car, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say as well, John, it was quite funny seeing the press conference come on, got asked about that. And he was like, basically, just shot it down. He was like, yeah, a lot of nonsense. Just don't believe everything that you read. <laughs> <laughs> and Ross, are you well, sir? I'm very well. Do you know, I was actually I was in Glasgow this weekend for the game, so I uh, you did get, get to enjoy to experience the, the, the stuff, tropical conditions stuff. that we had. <laughs> Listen, let's just start with the game. And Ross, I'm going to start yourself. Um, you know, the match was only a couple of minutes old. Um, and it's one of these games, I think before the match, a few of us were uh, thinking, OK, this, this, will be a, this will be a test. Hearts are in great form. Uh, and they really were, have been in great form. You have to acknowledge that the, the, the job that's been getting done there in the last two or three months. And um, I think going into it, we all probably had some trepidation. Um, so within a couple of minutes, uh, we were already one up thanks to a, a beautiful strike again from Neil Mandy. Um, a left foot hit this time, unlike his, his one the week before against St. Johnston. Um, we've been lacking a, a gold scoring midfielder since, since your favourite Scott Arfield left the club. Um, have we finally found one, Ross? Is, is, is he the answer to that? Well, he, he certainly looks a, a good signing so far. Um, is he a goal scorer? He certainly looks like it. I mean, I think the way that modern football is going, 15 years ago, you'd have two up top, a big man, a little man, um, and, and play two strikers. Then that's kind of morphed into 
you play one up top and then two boys out wide that, you know, it's a 4-5-1 or a 4-3-3. But it almost seems that we're progressing into your striker being less and less important for being the, the sole provider of goals. And, and there's that kind of old cliche that Pep would play with a team of 10 midfielders if he could. And your midfielders have to be able to do anything. They would do everything. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's a big part of why we didn't sign a striker in this window is because Clermont is going to build a team that has goals from all over the park. Um, uh, we had three new signings score yesterday. I know one of them is ostensibly a striker in Fabio Silva, but he's not really a striker, is he? He's kind of a, an attacking utility player in, in my mind. So um, w- whether Dio is a goal-scoring midfielder or not, uh, in the mould of Scott Arfield, um, <laughs> you know, it, it probably doesn't matter because I actually believe, you know, we had five goals from four different goal scorers yesterday. We're getting goals from all over the park now. And it's absolutely fantastic to see. So look, yesterday, uh, the, the build-up to yesterday, it was all talk about how Rangers are facing the form team in Scotland, um, ignoring the fact that we are the form team in Scotland, of course. Rangers are facing the form team in Scotland, and it's a, it's a banana skin, and, and this is where we'll slip up. And the Hearts are in the title race. Have you heard this? Hearts are in a title race, according to Mr. E. Cameron. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of talk about how yesterday was going to be difficult for us, and... You know, does that build nerves? Maybe does it build anxiety? Probably. What a way to stifle that anxiety and by rifling one into the bottom corner from twenty yards after eighty seconds. Um, so as you say, I live a, a little way away, so it's a couple of flights for me to to get to games, and um, that always for me puts a bit of pressure on things that you're spending upwards of a couple of hundred quid to come to a game, but. Um, yeah, I think when you score after 80 seconds, that takes away all of that pressure, all of that stress. And it was, uh, quite frankly, it was a wonderful day. Yeah, the great Blue Dell on um, on Jersnet pointed out that um, in the warm-up, uh, in his warm-up before the game, that he, he had been doing that very move, hitting them from the edge of the box, just taking it on his left foot and hitting it in the corner of the edge of the box. He'd actually been doing that during his warm-up. So clearly Hearts weren't watching the warm-up. Um, it was a it was a joyful start to the game. It was a fantastic strike. Um, he, he was set up by by Cortez um, for that goal, Scott, um, and that, the, the the first one. Then and then obviously Cortez scored the second one himself. It was a, a flowing counter attack. Sterling winning the ball, um, and, and you know we could talk about just about every player on the team tonight if we had the time. But let's focus on Cortez for for a minute. Uh, Sterling winning the ball, Lawrence getting the ball played uh, to him. Um, he managed to bust through, um, and I think initially you thought is he's going to give it to Dessers, and, and he missed him out. Played a wonderful ball across, and, and Cortez. I think the word I, I used was co- he caressed it into the bottom corner. Um, it was a beautiful first time hit with Sima, um, who. I remember when Seema got injured, thinking, where's the goals coming from? You know, that's a big miss for us. Um, and and it, the truth is, we've barely missed them. It's remarkable. Um, but with Seema and now Matondo as well injured, um, there's going to be a lot asked of Cortez in, in the coming weeks. Um, we've now, you've now seen him two or three times. What's your impressions of Cortez and how did you feel he got on yesterday? And, and how just how much will that goal um, help him in terms of fitting into the team? Oh, honestly, it's going to be massive. Of course, it was a lovely finish, as you said. And like so far, I know it's early days, right? But he's been impressive. 
I don't. He's not put a foot wrong so far, and obviously settling settling in quite well. He's skillful. He's quick. And as you were saying, with Seema being out, he's been the ideal replacement. But of course, as you said, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on him, and we're gonna to need to rely on him. Like in the, obviously in the coming weeks. But see when it comes to like when we've got, for example, when we've got games wrapped up, that's when to take him off. We can't keep him on like for like, a whole ninety minutes or whatever, but unless we have to. But if the game's wrapped up, we need to take him off because if if he's out, the last thing I want to do, with the greatest respect to Scott Wright, is I do not want Scott Wright playing in that left-hand side. That traumatises me. <laughs> so, yeah, he has started off well. And that's, the, in my opinion, the best solution going forward is when the game's wrapped up, that's when to take him off. But, yeah, he's there's something about him. He's like, that, with that finish as well, it was like, it was such a smooth finish. And it was like, just, it was, it was perfect. And that would be a massive confidence boost for him going forward as well because as we all know um, when you come to one of the old from teams you, you need to hit the ground running and he started off very well so far yeah and of course if he does get injured we'll just simply play Sterling as a, as a left winger probably as an, as a right winger at the same time and just get him to play the, the two positions and, and, well, and we'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I've been really impressed with, with Cortez it's, it's funny we I think we were talking um, just when they were signed and, and I'd made the point to um, that I thought that um, Cortez actually might, might kind of struggle to get up to speed because he hadn't played a lot of football in France. Uh, he hadn't really had a run in the games. I thought he might be a little rusty um, and, and he might just take it. And I, I, I once again demonstrated publicly my lack of football knowledge um, because he ha- has absolutely hit the ground running and, and, and he has fitted into the the style of play so quickly. Um, he seems to know where his teammates are. Um, you know, his cut inside for the first goal. And again, you're wondering, you know, where's he going? And, and suddenly there's a player opened up in, in a ton of space uh, and, and he finds him right away. Uh, and he did that two or three times during the game. You know, you don't know if he's going to go outside you, he's going to come inside of you. He's got both of those. And um, yeah, he's, it's quite exciting. It's been a while since I've been as excited by a wide player that, that Rangers have signed. Um, so uh, we'll see where it comes with it. Ross, Cyril Dessers. Um, so he made it three just before half time. It's actually a really nice goal. Wonderful cross. Um, come pass uh, from um, Sutter uh, and, and, a, and a, a you know really nice finish you know a, a cushioned finish uh, it was actually a really nice goal um, he had two chances to score before that one where he kind of ran from his own half um, uh, you know carried the ball into their box you know managed to kind of to kind of come inside you know wrong for the defenders to get a shot away not the strongest shot, but you know, you know, he did okay with that. Um, goalkeeper saved it. And then had another one where he had a, a, a header that he really should have scored. Um, you know, it was a, a, actually a poor miss. Um, and then of course he he scores um, the goal. He does score, and then he scores another one just after half half time. And I, the the one just after half time was a proper striker's goal. Uh, you know, it was just moving first, um, and yet it's the kind of goal I like to see strikers score. Um, whereas it's great to see the kind of goals that that Dio and 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 then Cortez scored. I, I also want to see somebody who scored goals inside the six yard box. Um, there are times when he still looks ungainly. There's times when he looks slow. I, I still say he doesn't use his physique nearly enough. But, but yeah, you know, I've been a critic of of Dessers from from fairly early on this season, um, and he's just scoring goals now. And you know, do all of his critics now, now need to eat their words? Uh, no, because I think all of the criticism uh, 
has been and, and was justified. Um, we all we, we all saw some things with Cyril Dessas that we wish we had never seen, <laughs> and that includes that includes yesterday. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know if the, the header that you're referring to. I don't know if it's the one where he was eventually he was actually flagged offside, but the ball kind of popped to him and he from about six yards out headed it. Who's Ander Clark? Rather no, than no, that him. one. No, the one where he headed it past the post. Right. So there, there are multiple things that we could talk it's, about with him. It's trying to figure out which mess we're talking about, yes. <laughs> um, not being a great striker. So all of the criticism has been justified. And yet also, for, for as much criticism as he gets, which is a huge amount, he's had an unbelievable amount of criticism in the first what, six months, let's say, of, uh, uh, in his time at Rangers. He deserves equally as much praise. Because he's he's the most confusing and and, and bizarre player um, I've ever seen. And I spoke I was probably last on the show about eight weeks ago when I kind of spoke of my admiration for the guy. Honestly, I think let's turn from admiration into like adoration. I I, I am obsessed with him. Uh, I, I've got <laughs> such an infatuation with the guy, and I love the guy's character. I really really do. I think to go through all of the criticism, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to be immune to it. He's not going to be blinded to it. He will have had, uh, even if he's not picking up the record of the sun and reading what they're saying, he'll have had folk confront him, you know, in the street or in the shops or wherever it is to tell him how bad he is. That's the nature of Glasgow. Um, and he... Ryan Jack never was once... probably one of them. Yeah. Well, true. <laughs> um... He's never once hit. He's never once shied away. He's been called on more than we would like, you know, with the injuries to Ruth and Danilo and, and Sima. Um, and yeah, he's scoring goals. As you say, he's scoring goals. He's scoring good goals. That was a great goal. <laughs> First one yesterday. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the control yeah. on that is is yeah. outstanding. Um, so I am I am just full of, of praise for the guy. And and let go back to the point I made earlier. If goals are coming from elsewhere on the pitch, it does relieve some of the pressure on him. It means that when he does miss, because he's missing a lot, like. You know, the number of chances that we create is is extraordinary. He's missing a lot of them. Um, and yet, there's something just infectious about him. There's something where you, you know, I looked at the the, uh, the odds before the game yesterday and the bookies aren't daft. The bookies had him uh, a little over evens to score any time. So uh, call it 40 to 45% likely that he was going to score at any point in the game yesterday, which is pretty you know, pretty nailed on. It's pretty good. Um, it was twice as likely that he would score than Lawrence Shankland would score. So all of the data and all of the analytics that the bookies are putting into their pricing, um, having worked for the bookies in the past, I can tell you that's a, that's a huge amount of data that goes into that, um, statistically suggested it would be twice as likely that, 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 that Dessers would score compared to the guy that people were foaming at the mouth for us to sign. He's an enigma. He's, he's not the best footballer. We've seen at Ibrox, and yet he has—he's captured me, and he's captured a lot of people. And uh, keep doing it, keep doing it. He plays with a smile on his face. He does, which is yeah. you know, which you, and you can't help but warm to him because of that. You know, he, he has yeah. a smile on his face. You know, he, he seems like a kind of big, good-natured guy. I don't know if he is, but that, that's the impression you get from him. Um, and he plays with a smile on his face. I love the fact that he's scored goals, the fact that he's clearly enjoying his football, having, like you say, had a difficult start. That will help. Um, and it, you made an interesting point there about he, you know, he's, he's missing chances. And I do wonder if part of the reason he's now, he's now scoring is that we are creating so many more chances. Um, perhaps in the early part of the season, he was maybe only getting one or two chances a game. 
and you really then notice when he misses them when it, when, when they don't yeah. come off. Whereas now he's getting four or five a game, he's sticking at least one of them away. It's interesting, and and, and I believe me, I am not comparing them. Okay, before anyone phones in or anyone pulls it, I am not comparing them. But I remember Ali McCoist in the days when you know prior to um, to Sunus arriving, but even after Sunus arrived, first few seasons after Sunus arrived. McCoy's needed, I mean, that was the thing, that was the criticism that was always made about McCoy was he needed more chances than other strikers to, to score, that, you know, he would miss a few before he'd score. And people would make the point, you know, he needs to be in the position to miss. You know, he keeps putting himself in the, in the right position, the goals will come. And there's a bit of that with Essels just now, you know, he, he's in the position to, to, I mean, there was one in the second half, we may mention it later, later but there's one in the second half where, where uh, Tavernier, um, turned into Messi and just suddenly went down and then stuck it across the six yard. And how he missed that, I'll never <laughs> missed the ball completely, you know. But the point is, he was there to miss it. And as ridiculous as that might sound, um, and I think that's that's probably as much of, of what um, Clement is, is trying to get him to do. Is look, just keep being there, and, and the goals will come. Um, and, and, and I'm really pleased. I am pleased for him because I I was a critic, and I still am. I'm, I'm still not convinced by him, but. Um, I'm delighted he's making me the words. I think I think that's right, John. And you know, there's there's the cliche of uh, he's not an out and out goal scorer, but his movement is brilliant. You know, his, his movement's fantastic, and it is. It's quite an easy point to make. It's um, but that that first goal yesterday, the majority of strikers would have been offside there because they'd have had to fight for an advantage. So yeah. not just not just the movement and the vision to see what's coming, but the discipline to stay on side and still nipping ahead of the defender. Is really really sharp and is really really clever. Um, so I, I actually think we're we're in a fortunate position that, as you say, we create so many chances. It's okay to miss a couple. By the way, how many goals would a fit Alfredo Morelos get in this side? It would be extraordinary. But we are where we are, which is top of the league, by the way. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. Yes. Yes, I think we all are, to be fair, I think we all are. Scott, um, uh, it was mentioned earlier, our other January signing, uh, Silva, came on. Um, and uh, for the first, I think the first time, but certainly if it's not the first time, we've not seen much of him and Dessers on at the same time. We had 10, 15 minutes with the two of them on. Uh, so so Dessers continued to lead the line and, and Silva playing a slightly different role, slightly deeper role. Um, before before Dessers went off and and um, and he kind of went up and and what we've tended to see under Clement is is one replace the other and um, that that you know one goes off the other one comes on and and you know one starts the other one he, he usually uses the two of them in the same role so it was interesting to see Silva in that role um, I, I found it you know, the game was the game was pretty much won at that point but it was interesting to see him in that role against. You know, a team who have been in pretty decent form, albeit they get hammered yesterday. What, what did you What did you make of Silva in that role? And, and and what do you make of Silva now? You've had a chance to, you know, see him. Oh well, a fair bit now. Yeah, so I thought he was fine in that role. Eh, to be honest, John, I thought obviously it worked quite well. Obviously, Silva got a goal as well. Obviously, playing in that role, and I like how Clement is trying to do things different, especially when the game was effectively done, as you said. And and obviously under previous managers, we wouldn't really want they wouldn't really do something like that. So I can admit, yeah, it's definitely very, like refreshing to see. But in terms of Silva so far, I was a fan of his right from the get-go because he offers something different. And I remember when I was blasted on the podcast, you and I were talking about this, where Silva, just his work rate is tremendous. Yeah. 
And one thing that annoyed me with the, the Rangers support was when we didn't obviously we signed Silva, right? But the Rangers support wanted another striker, but they were acting like it was like, oh, that's it, crisis. We haven't said that. I like another striker. It's like meltdown, all this kind of st- stuff. Absolute nonsense. Uh, but Silva's been Silva's been uh, brilliant so far, and yet he offers something different. And it was brilliant uh, seeing him get that goal yesterday as well. It was, by the way, lovely finish to that goal, tremendously yeah. well. And um, yeah, like I, I don't know how long we'll, we will have Silva for because obviously we've got him on loan. Uh, until the end of the season, but I do probably expect them to go back down south. But you don't think the directors will pony up thirty five million for them, no? <laughs> well, we'll wait and see. <laughs> wait and see. Sack the board. <laughs> Sack the board. That's it. Um, no, but he's he he's been good. He has been good, and yeah, I, I remember I said it to Craig as well. Like Craig, big Craig Ray. I said to him, he also be watching. Put shout out to the big man. I said to him like uh, like. There was I, I, like when we signed Silva, I was like, okay, right from the get go, we had to get a striker, and that's what we've done. Brought in Silva, but now the manager's got a bit of a headache because he's like, Dessels is on form, he's scoring goals, right? He's proven a lot of people wrong. Silva's been playing well, so it's like it's a nice headache to have. But what does the manager do here? Does it go with two strikers, or does it change? Does it change it up a bit? I can't see that. I think I do think we'll always still go with just one striker up top, and I would want us to do that because why fix something that isn't broken? Um, but yeah, that is interesting though, obviously going back to what you said about like how it was like you changed up towards the end of the game having Dessels and uh, Silver play the Gillis. So who knows, like, could that be something that could happen in the future? You never know, but yeah, so it was, I thought it was quite nice to see. I think I think it might have to happen in the future because Campbell's out for a, a few weeks, which is, you know, a, um, a length of time that might be five weeks or might be two weeks. And I, I guess at this stage, they maybe just don't know. Um, which means that Lawrence is a kind of, kind of recognised kind of playmaker, uh, uh, that kind of deep lying forward. Um, and Lawrence, as we all know, you know, is, um, hasn't had his problems to seek when it comes to injury. So, so there is, you know, asking Lawrence to play, you know, two games a week might, might not be possible. Um, so Silva might have to play in, in, in the hole, if you like. Um, and of course, to add to the, the, the manager's pleasant headache was the return of the roof. And I didn't know if I was going to see that. Um, it's interesting. We, Craig and I spoke, the last time I was on, Craig and I spoke about, you know, roof. I, I don't think roof's ever going to be able to come back and play 90 minutes. Um, I agree. But if he can come back and play 30, then that's a great guy to have coming off your bench. Um, and, and it was, you know, so pleasing to see him come off the bench. Um, and if, if he can contribute that between now and the end of the season, you know that, that that really does lift lift that squad because that, that he's a player of quality. Anyway, oh, yeah, and oh, sorry, I'll just can I just say one thing, John, as well. Like, yeah, of course, Riff, you can. like I do feel as though we've definitely got a value for money with him, right? Because he's contributing so many big games, right? And I, in my opinion, even when Morelos was at the club in his prime, I thought like Kamal Roof is the best striker at the club. Yeah. But his downfall is is it's just been injuries, and it's a shame because he is a great player. But in my opinion, Rangers are at that stage now where we cannot afford to keep players who are on the books are always injured. And same goes with Ryan Jack as well. Love Ryan Jack, tremendous footballer. But it, we're at that stage where we can't afford to keep players who are always injured on the books. I mean, it, it depends what they're being paid. You know, I, I, I you know, in the end, that's going to be a big enough. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I would say so. Yes, I mean, I, I suppose it would depend on on um, his next contract. But um, yeah, anyway. I don't disagree with you what you said. Um, look, I'm going to ask both of you this. This is the hardest question I'm going to ask you tonight. Um, 
which one of yesterday's goals was the best? Ross, what did you think? Justify your decision. Crikey, which one was the best? Oscar Cortez was the best. First time finish. Um, out of reach of the goalkeeper. Nice build up as well. Nice move. Nice build up play. Uh, good, yeah, good pass from Lawrence. It, it, honestly, God, it could be any of the first three. Really, I, I wouldn't. I would say uh, not four because it was just uh, you know it's inside the box and a wee bit scrappy. Five, the keeper could have done better. Good finish, good goalkeeper could have done better. So any of the first three, I would I would say that Cortez pips it for me. Scott. I'm as that same as Ross Cortez all day long. I thought that was a beautiful finish, like smooth as anything, and uh, I 100% agreement with Ross there. It's interesting that because I, I, I'm going for Silva. I thought Silva. I thought that the the way that Lundstrom, the no look pass, completely took out the defence, um, and Silva's first time hit. I, I think you've been harsh on the goalkeeper there. I think I think he just hit it with such power and venom. Uh, it was a beautiful goal, but it's hard to pick one, and that's. That's the beauty of that game. Um, you know, f- five good goals, four of them absolutely out of this, out of this world goals. Um, Ross, talking about goals, a lot has been made of Lawrence Shanklin recently, who you mentioned. Um, he's been in, in good form. You know, I think you have to say that. He has been in very good form for Hearts this season. He was linked with us. He looks unlikely to sign a new contract with Hearts, so the chances are he will, he will probably be moving on in the summer. He hit the post yesterday. Um, quite a nice, quite a nice header. Game was lost at that point, but um, not from his perspective, the game was lost. But apart from that, I don't think he did a, a great deal. And while tonight we are we are largely going to be focusing on, uh, and I think everybody was focusing on the attack, um, a five, you know, to win five nil against third place, you always look at the forward players and and and, and talk about them. Um, we kept another clean sheet yesterday, um, yeah. and. Conor Goldson played his his three hundredth game for Rangers, um, which is a is a proper landmark. Three hundred games for any club that that's something that um, has passed a little under the radar, and I think it, it just deserves us to take kind of five minutes to talk about it. Um, so Goldson, along with with uh, Butland, Cav, and and I think Lundstrom, I think they are the four players that Clement always picks. Every other player in that team doesn't know if they're going to be playing next week. Um, I'd say those four are. Uh, they're pretty much guaranteed to start. And the Clement's clearly nobody's full. Um, so so there's, you know, he clearly sees something in, in the four of them. Um, and Goldson has been almost an ever-present um, in the Rangers team since he signed. Is he one of these players that we just take a little for granted, um, Ross? You know, I, I, just how important is Goldson to this current Rangers side? I think he's very important. In that, um, uh, as you say, there aren't many players, and there was actually they were talking about this on on BBC Scotland after the game yesterday. Is that Clement does chop and change a lot? You know, he's. Uh, I think they added up the cumulative match to match changes that he's had since he came in, and it's sixty plus, whereas Rogers is forty plus in the in the same period. So, particularly in a back four, you need some consistency. You need some, um, I guess, certainty week on week. Golden's the guy to provide that. Uh, undoubtedly, um, so he's very important. I, I, I actually, I think he's having possibly his poorest season, or maybe it just looks that way because everyone else is uh, is is excelling at the moment. But um, he's having his poorest season. I think I think he has been 
questionable. And I think he has been, uh, you could lay some blame for a number of goals this season at his door. I actually think, I'm not saying he's not our best centre-half because he is still our best centre-half. I think all of our centre-halves have a mistake in them, actually. Uh, I know it makes me look a fool saying that when you look at our defensive record this season, which is superb. Um, But I actually think I've seen him play better. And I think... Um, look, he's, he's, I'm looking at his, his stats now as you say three, 300 games for Rangers he's 31 um, he is, he's, he's not going to get a, a big move so he's kind of here for, for the uh, or maybe not the remainder of his career but he's certainly here now for, for his best years um, look he's been he's been a phenomenal servant to us I actually just I don't know I get a feeling that he's not quite hitting the heights that he's hitting in, in other seasons for Rangers. And I, I don't mean that to sound a, a, a way to say that that sounds less critical because I don't mean any criticism. He's got very high standards and he's he's clearly a leader. You know, whenever, and it probably happens every nine to 12 months, um, we as a fan base start getting critical of James Tavenier and saying he's, he shouldn't be captain because he's not a good defender. We then say it should be Goldson or it should be Lundstrom. He's clearly a leader, Conor Goldson. He's clearly well thought of, not just by the players, but by the string of managers that we've had since since he was signed by... Who was he signed by? Would that have been 2018? Stephen Gerrard, probably. Gerard. Early, Gerard. early Gerrard yeah. signing. Um, so the, 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 the managers that we've had since then have clearly all rated him. Um, and I, I, I really do rate him. But I do think that he has a tendency to, to to make a mistake, whether that's being beaten by a ball over the top or he's being out-muscled in a, in a one-on-one battle with a striker. Um, the Aberdeen goal that we conceded recently, I think, is a, a good example of that, where it was kind of a long ball over and stuff, and Majowski beats him to it when he really had no right to do so. Um, so there are situations, he's not impeccable, I think that's what I'm trying to say. But look, yeah, very dependable, solid leader, and he's he's been a wonderful servant to Rangers. Harsh stuff there, Ross. I've got to tell you, wasn't wasn't what I expected to hear from you. But fair enough, fair enough. Um, listen, before um, before we move on, um, let me just talk to you guys quickly about football prizes, um, who are uh, another one uh, of the companies who help us put JazzNet together. Uh, and their prize just now um, is a signed and dedicated Rangers shirt from Jack Butland. Um, uh, it's an extremely rare opportunity and you can win uh, this for just £3.95 and, and the way football prizes work is they have a limited number of tickets so, so your chances of winning are um, are significantly higher um, uh, and it's as I said it's, it'll be signed and he'll sign your name um, we are the people uh, Jack Butland um, so uh, please go over to football prizes it's footballprizes.co.uk uh, look for the Jack Butland uh, competition and, and, and very good luck with, with that. Okay. Um, you, you, can, you mentioned, Tavlier, in fact, it's almost like you've been reading the agenda um, to help me out here. But, you know, we obviously had this quite strange situation during the week, and it is, is strange. Um, I mentioned five guys at the start in my attempt at, at humour um, and, and levity as we, we begin the show, um, because there was this really quite odd comment from um, Gordon Parks uh, on, on a radio show. Now, now, but before I, I level too much criticism, I hadn't, didn't hear the whole show. I simply have heard 
the the kind of kind of one minute snippet that's been doing the rounds on on um, on social media. So he perhaps went on and caveated what he said or something. I I don't know, but I I, I heard his um, I heard the bit I heard, uh, and he he was critical of James Tavernier, and specifically around his captaincy. Um, and he, the term he used, he told this really very odd story about seeing. Uh, frankly, it sounded barely plausible that he'd seen James Tavernier going into Five Guys. And if anyone doesn't know what Five Guys, Five Guys is, is like a kind of fancy, you know, fancy hamburger joint. We call it fancy. Yeah, <laughs> we call it fancy, mate. <laughs> An expensive hamburger joint, then, because I, I reckon the reason that you're not he, he can go in there and not be recognised is that most of the people in there are still standing, looking at their receipt, wondering how they just got shafted 12 quid for some chips and a milkshake um, and they're just so stunned they don't realise who's around them and he's, he can go in there but anyway the, the, his point which was as I said a slightly strange one he said he, he said the Rangers captain lacked an aura um, so I'm not entirely sure what that means um, but he, he compared them unfavourably to, to John Gregg, Richard Goff and, and Barry Ferguson um, which I, I, I'm always I'm always interested when people do that. Um, you know, they, they are three great Rangers captains, and they're seen as three great Rangers captains because they captained Rangers at times when, when things went quite well. But, but John Gregg in particular also captained Rangers while Celtic won nine in a row. Um, you know, he captained Rangers while they couldn't win anything, frankly. But, you know, what's interesting about Gregg is that he, he captained Rangers to, to lead titles, he captained Rangers to trebles, he captained Rangers to the European Cup Winners' Cup. Um, triumph, um, whilst also captaining Rangers to periods where um, you were very much second best in the city. Um, so he, he did a bit of both, as did Barry Ferguson. Richard Goff, not so much. Richard Goff, pretty much a success all the way through. Um, uh, really, what I just wanted to discuss was, and, and Ross touched upon it there, that Tav is not immune from criticism from the Rangers' support. Um, so, so just how, how important is Tavernier to us just now, Scott? Um, and more importantly, you know, he's the captain of the club. Um, should he be? Is you know, is there any validity in what uh, in that criticism? Absolutely none. Like, honestly, like see when I seen the clip, I didn't even reply to it or anything. I just I thought it was embarrassing. It's like it was a real poor attempt of getting engagement, but it was a, the, the, the the bad engagement. It wasn't like engagement where it was like, oh, I want to check that show out. It's like no, that's just. In, Pathetic. I thought it's it was just classless of him being honest, right? And obviously the fact he made it up is even more <laughs> pathetic. But in my opinion, James Tavenier, right? This is a bold thing I'm going to say here, right? In my opinion, right, I think James Tavenier is the the best right back to ever play in Scottish football. Honestly. James Tavenier, in my opinion as well, is a Rangers legend. And the criticism the the, the criticism that he gets is ridiculous. And like even from our own support at times where they try to single him out. For certain things, for example, if we're, we're struggling in a game or we, we can see their goal, they always try to single Tav out after a bad result. I don't understand it. Tavernier, captain Rangers to 55, in my opinion, the most important league title in Rangers history. Captain Rangers to a Europa League final, finished top goal scorer in that competition. Also captain Rangers to a League Cup and a Scottish Cup win. And the thing is, over Tavernier, and Mark Walbert told me this as well, where he's not a captain at that's going to be in your face and it'll shout at you like a kind of Roy Keane type of character. He's a guy that leads by example. That's what Tavernier does. And the League Cup final when we were struggling, we needed a goal. Tavernier took the game by the scruff of the, scruff of the neck and got the goal. 
And that, so that's thing that we never hide. When things are tough, he always wants to make something happen. And we're very lucky to have someone like James Tavenier at the club because once he's gone, people won't realise how important he actually was for the club and they won't understand how lucky we were to have someone like James Tavenier. And I think the, I think the guy's just a complete class act. Honestly, John, I think he's brilliant. And it just shows you as well where he's been here for about nine years. And to go from playing in the championship to the player he is now is remarkable. And it just shows you the kind of model professional he is. I'm not even sure it was the championship. I, I think it might even have been have got the League, League yeah, One or something like that. He was actually signing left from Warburton's era. <laughs> um, but uh, Ross, you've clearly going to have you're clearly going to slate Tavernier now and, and suggest that perhaps he's been responsible for most of our goals. The ones that certainly that Goldson wasn't responsible for. No, seriously, Ross. What, I mean, what, what did you what do you make of of Tavernier as the club captain? Um, does he have what it takes to be a Rangers captain? I always. I always preferred Lee Hodgson. Um, I, I think I think Tavernier's brilliant. I really do. I think he's class. I think he's absolutely class. And uh, I'm trying to do a wee bit of maths in my head. I think six Rangers managers have made him captain. Right? So, I, it, Warburton, let's count Marty. Gerard, was he captain under Warburton? I, th- I well, thought Gerard made him Wallace. captain. It was Wallace, yeah. Obviously, he's interim captain under uh, Marty when um, Wallace was out then. Obviously, Gerard made him official captain in uh, the summer 2018. So let's start with, with Marty and Gerard, Gio, Beal, and now... Um, uh, who's captain, our cunt manager? Who's, who's our, <laughs> <laughs> that's shocking. Um, it's a long day. <laughs> it's a very long day. It's been a long weekend, I tell you that. I was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a very long weekend. Um, and, and now, obviously, under, under Philip Plymouth. So, there have been a number uh, of some great, some not so great Rangers managers who have seen fit to make this guy captain. He is clearly well liked amongst the players. He is delivering some outstanding numbers. His return is, is exquisite. Um, I, I, I'm sure you'll have heard the same stat that uh, a couple of weeks ago we scored the 1,000th goal since we signed James Tavernier and he either scored or assisted 247 of them. Let's be generous and round that up to 250. Since signing, our right back has scored or assisted a quarter of our goals. That is mental. That is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's, he's not that good of a defender. I actually think it's just a lie. Look at our defensive record. He, it, it's just not true. Um, he's got a mistake in him. He's got a defensive mistake in him. I, I, I think he's exquisite. I think he's a. I think he's a Rangers legend. Um, and I tell you what, I, I, I wish, um, <laughs> I wish someone in the media would take responsibility to call out their colleagues who lie. This was a lie. He's made it up. He's not seen because I think that the point that he was making was he walked into five guys an hour after a game, and and Clement has been on record now to say that that's nonsense because he was still at the stadium. Um, this is in the same week that we had uh, Alan Stubbs saying that Clement oh, it looks good for a guy who's not won anything yet. I know. I know. Call them out. Why? Why are they allowed to get away with lying? So. Um, 
Yeah, but you know, it's interesting. Scott said, you know, it wouldn't necessarily. He was surprised at this because it's not necessarily. It wouldn't make him want to listen to the show. I don't think the show is aimed at us, Scott. No. I don't think that's a show that's meant to be attractive. I think that's very firmly aimed at. It has its. It has its audience in mind, and they may well be interested in what Alan Stubbs and um, Gordon Parks say. Oh, tell them. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't think we are necessarily the, the target audience for that. But uh, yeah, I, look, I've, you know, we've all heard criticism of, of Tavernier over the years. No Rangers captain is exempt from criticism, has ever been exempt. You know, being the Rangers captain is you are in the spotlight at that point. You are probably then, you know, amongst the most high profile players in the country. Um, a lot is expected of you. A lot of Rangers captains are simply judged on silverware and how much silverware they've won. And I think Tavernier would be the first to admit he hasn't won enough as Rangers captain. But his own personal, you know, the way he, the way he conducts himself, you know, he's, you know, you touch wood, you never hear of him away from the, you know, away from the ground. You know, he, he seems to live a, a fairly quiet life away from the ground. He's clearly got the confidence of every manager who's who's managed him versus been at Rangers. You guys made that point, um, and he's popular with the players. Um, and uh, you know, a point that the point that that's never made, and I'm pleased it's never made because it's certainly not an issue. Is he's he's also the first black captain of Rangers, and and you know and and you know the, the, that's a point that's never never I've never heard anyone mention that. Um, because let's be honest, there are um, people out there who are quite happy to criticise the range of support and, and suggest that, that you know we're somewhere to the right of um, somewhere to the right of the Klu Klux Klan, and 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 we all know it's utter nonsense. But there's a lot of people out there, and, and you know, Rangers have had a black captain now for six years, um, and I've literally never heard it mentioned, never heard anyone take any um, mentions. The fact he's also English. Never even mentioned. Um, he's only ever judged on the football uh, and, and and what he does uh, as, as a Rangers captain. And, and yeah, I found it a very very strange thing to say. Look, I'll move us on. Um, the other kind of big event that happened during the week was the Europa League draw. Um, we were drawn with Benfica uh, of of Portugal. We've we've played a few Portuguese teams uh, in in Europe over the last few years. Um, generally speaking, we've we've done okay. We we drew um, Benfica. What was that? Three years ago, four years. A COVID was it? During COVID, Five years ago, yeah. And uh, I think we had two draws with them. Um, the, sec- the the draw in in, um, in Lisbon was annoying because that game we should have won. I think it was um, Darwin Nunes of now of Liverpool that they brought on who, who kind of turned that game. Um, so you know that that will be a difficult. It was, there was only ever going to be difficult games at this stage. Uh, that will be a difficult game. They're in pretty decent form, Benfica. I didn't hear how they've got on tonight, but I know they, they, they were joint top of the league, as you kind of expect. You know, Benfica, not only are they a kind of good team just now, but they're, they're a wonderful name. They are a team with a storied history in Europe, a team who have, have won, you know, they've won um, they've won European trophies in the past. Um, they have a great record of bringing through players. Ross, were you happy with that draw? And, and my kind of secondary point was this kind of early kickoff that's been thrust upon us. Will that have any effect, do you think? Uh, the, any effect on the on the players? No, or on the tie? I doubt it. Effect on fans? Absolutely. I think it's a real shame. Um, I don't know enough about the internal workings of uh, UEFA 
and or TNT Sports and BT or whoever else they broadcast through. Um, I've seen some some people sort of saying, "Well, we were we were due an early kickoff, um, maybe, but also, you know, I, I I don't know. So maybe I'm making this up, but I would guess that the English teams in this competition are all having their home games at eight pm. So um, I wondered if it was because of because um, Sporting Lisbon are also in the trophy tournament and I wondered if maybe it was actually yeah. Portuguese TV that had said look we want one early and one late and there's only yeah. one team in Scotland still in Europe so it doesn't matter when they play very true um, yeah it could, could well be so I, I I think it's a shame more than more than sort of saying it's a disgrace I think it's a shame um, for, for fans that will struggle to get there or take time off work or, or whatever it may be yeah. um, I was reading earlier is it an issue around supporters buses yeah, um, because a lot, a lot of the buses are used for school runs and and won't be available at that time of day and that that type of thing. So it will definitely be an inconvenience. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I don't think that I don't think it's going to have an impact on the on the players on the team or on the on the outcome of the tie. Um, Benfica as a draw, I'm happy with it. Um, if to, to be honest with you, there weren't many teams that I'd have liked. Um, I, I think <laughs> there's no really, gimmies really, now. No, no, you know, and, and there's a lot of uh, the weakest teams on paper. Sparta Prague, we kind of know all about them, and and they're no mugs. Nope. Um, Carabag, yeah, probably a weaker team, but the 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 context and the geography makes it an unattractive tie going to Baku um, a few days before we take on Hibs in the Scottish Cup. So no easy draw, absolutely. It's certainly not the hardest draw. You know, a, a Milan or someone like that would have been a a, a real challenge. Um, their fans' reaction seems to be similar to ours, which is that. We'll do well to get through, and yeah. I think it'll be a relatively even thing. I think we'll have a tough time out in, in Portugal. I think if we can keep it to within one goal, we bring it back to Ibrox and we see what Ibrox can do on a on a. I was going to say on a European night, on a European late afternoon is is more appropriate. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think it's a bad draw. I think it gives us a reasonable chance of getting through. But uh, you get you get to this you know, last sixteen of Europe yet again. There's um, <laughs> no easy draws. Yeah, and I, I think that's the point. You know, we should never take for granted playing European football after Christmas. Never take that for granted because it wasn't. It doesn't feel that long ago our manager was standing in a hedge in Luxembourg trying yeah. to explain to us why we'd just been hammered um, and stuck but out. Not, not just not just after Christmas. After after Valentine's Day, after yeah. Pancake Day. You know, <laughs> it's, it's um, it, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? Yeah. So so no. Um, uh, yeah, you're looking forward to it, Scott. Is that is that? I know it's. I know a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people say, you know what, Europe's not our priority this season. This season, it's the league. You know, is Europe a distraction? How do you feel about the draw? Uh, I'm excited about it. Like uh, as you were saying as well, like Rangers in Europe after Christmas is like, what what more did you want? You know, and no, no, I'm excited by it. It'll be, it'll be very tough as well because Benfica are a very good side. They've got Di Maria, who's a tremendous uh, player as well. He only only ever had one bad stint, and that was at Manchester United. He's still in his prime. So yeah, of course he can't be in his prime. I mean, he must I mean, be. He's still, still, still brilliant. He's still brilliant. He's still uh, top class, in my opinion. Um, but obviously, the kickoff times an inconvenience, of course. But obviously, I said this in the, the podcast yesterday uh, with Craig. But it's like obviously it might benefit the players, maybe because obviously it's an earlier kickoff. Then if the game finishes at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever, just might have a wee bit more time to rest or whatever. Um, so maybe it'll benefit the players, but of course it is frustrating uh, the fact that it's going to be kicking off at, at 5.45 and obviously it is annoying for us, the fans, but it'll be an interesting tie. But for me, if Rangers do go out in, uh, in the last 16, it wouldn't be the end of the world because 
Europe, Europe this season for me is a bonus because yeah. there's no way I would have expected us to make the last 16 or, or even the 50. Like, I did not expect that at all, right? I would have been totally content with the conference, but the fact that we're in this position now is it's nice, it's great. But for me, obviously, the league has to, yeah, that's a priority. That's what we all want now. Yeah, after the Limassol game, you were thinking, well, that's, just write that's it Europe off. over for this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, actually. Is, uh, there is something. There is something about European football that that you know, and, and in all honesty, I like the Europa League. Europa League, I feel is is our that is our level. I know it's great, and I know we want to get the Champions League. You want to test yourself against the best teams, but I do think that I do unfortunately think that Europa is kind of two tier now. Well, yeah, and also um, it's well, nice like, to be like, at the, the top oh, end of the second tier, which I think. Oh, yeah, hundred percent, well, like, and hundred percent, John. Like, and also like, Rangers are a different animal in Europa League, like. We just turn it a totally different team. So, like, I honestly, we, it's even whoever comes to Ibrox, we don't fear them in Europa League. We've got that. Like, it's like Ibrox is an intimidating place to go, and Benfica will be worried because obviously, when we played them three years ago, it was like it was during COVID, no fans were there. But now they're going to experience the Ibrox atmosphere. So, yeah, <laughs> like, I fancy our chances, honestly. Like, I, I would take anyone to Ibrox, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Scott, stay with you, um, you know, from the. the the wonderful, heady evenings of Europa League football, um, from the, the sublime to the ridiculous, we're going to Rugby Park on um, on Wednesday and, and their horrific pitch that they have. Um, Kilmarnock are in good form. You know, they're having a decent season. Um, Derek, um, Derek, Derek McInnes has been building a, a squad there, um, and as he did at Aberdeen, as he did at St Johnston, you know, the, he's been given a little bit of time and he's he's building something there. They're, they're they're having a good season. They obviously got very good result in Glasgow um, a couple of weeks back, um, and from what I hear, a not undeserved um, result. They, they, you know, he has history with putting out teams that know how to beat us. You know, he did it a few times with Aberdeen. Um, um, the Rugby Park is is a it's not a pleasant place to play football. It won't suit. Us. It won't suit the type of football we play. Um, did we approach this game with any trepidation, Scott? Well, basically every game that we're going into, John, I'm nervous for it. <laughs> like every game in my pain's like a cup final. Um, but yeah, I think going into it, we just need to be relentless. We need to right from the word go, just go at Kilmarnock. Because Dent McInnes, I, I do rate him as a manager. Um, seven years ago, I actually wanted Dent McInnes to become the Rangers manager. Um, but obviously, they're going to sit in deep. They're going to try and frustrate us. And they've been brilliant the last few games. I think there's seven games unbeaten. And their last defeat came from us, obviously, at Ibrox. And uh, if Rangers get past that uh, on Wednesday night against Kilmarnock, that'll, for me, that'll be a big statement along with the, the Hearts result as well. Because going to Rugby Park is a very tough place to go. And as you said, that pitch is horrible. <laughs> All plastic pitches are horrible, in my opinion. Um, but and obviously, obviously, the first league game of the season, Kilmarnock beat us. So... Dent McInnes knows how, knows how to beat us and he knows how to play against the old firm. And obviously, Kilmarnock, as, as, as we're saying, they're, they're flying right now, they're having a good season. And they're, they're going to this game excited. They're going oh, yeah. to be very confident, yeah, because they're like, we beat Rangers before, we beat Celtic at Rugby Park, we went to Park and got a point. There's no reason why we can't get a double over Rangers here. So, yeah, I'm nervous about it, but... I do fancy Rangers to get the three points, but like Clermont just needs to be relentless right from the get go. Just need to go at them because Clermont will be they'll be looking to frustrate us and hit us on hit us on that counter attack and get that goal. So yeah, it will be a tough one. But 
yeah, if Rangers get through that, then the, the confidence and excitement but Rangers, like, as it is now, just going to increase, increase. The early goal could be important um, on, on Wednesday night. Ross, um, we, you touched upon this earlier, uh, and it was an interesting stat. I hadn't heard that particular stat about the number of changes that Clement makes, um, because trying to grasp his lineup in advance uh, is something of a fool's errand. Um, so uh, let's make fools of ourselves um, on on um, on the pod um, and try and guess the starting lineup. Do you see many changes going into this game, and if so, who? Uh, do I see many changes? Probably, because that's what he does. <laughs> um, and if we can't guess, then Derek McInnes will have a hard time guessing, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, let's think about the areas of the pitch that are up for grabs. So Campwell's dropped out, obviously, due to injury. Does Tom Lawrence keep his spot? I think he probably will, as he was, you know, he's taken off a wee bit early uh, yesterday. Thought he performed pretty well yesterday. A little couple of slack passes here and there, but on the whole, yeah. had a good performance. Had a really good game um, yesterday. There is the option of... Uh, Fabio Silva maybe playing in that role, um, you know, behind playing off off Cyril Dessers. I think he'll probably actually drop Dessers to the bench and start Silva. Um, I think because oh, just that's what he's tended to do. He's, he's, one he's starts one week, the other one starts the next game. Exactly. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ross McCausland, um because again, he's you know he, he came on at the at the weekend uh, for for twenty twenty five minutes, whatever it was. So. I think we'll see some changes, but it's it's so hard to predict. I do think he'll probably stick with Goldson and Suter. I think Suter's, you know, the last few games um, has really proven himself and has been a lot more consistent than, than maybe he has been at other times. Uh, what the about left-back? Who do you think starting at left-back? Well, that's, uh, that's what I was going to say. I think Ridvan played extremely well yesterday. and I, I, I've best not been for massive, yesterday. Yeah, I absolutely. I've not been a massive fan of his. I think he can be really sloppy in possession. I think he's the kind of guy that kind of nutmegs someone, runs 20 yards, and then passes yeah. it to the wrong guy or makes the wrong decision. But I thought he played phenomenally well yesterday, so I'd like to see him uh, retain that, that, that starting spot. I think, the yes, the bits that are kind of up for grabs, let's say, uh, Dio Landy in the centre of the park played well yesterday got his goal I think he'll probably start yeah Cortez McCausland it's um, Fabio Silva Cyril Dessers there's some kind of jiggery pokery to be done there yeah yeah there'll definitely be a there'll definitely be some changes to, to um, there'll definitely be some changes I think and a, a bit like you I'm not, not entirely sure what they'll be well you know tell you what's nice is that we're all looking forward to it um, you know, I, 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 the next Rangers game can't come quick enough, um, and, and that's something that we weren't all seeing earlier on this season. Um, so that seems like a good note to uh, to finish tonight's show. Um, so if I could just thank, oh, there you go. Uh, she's done well tonight, but eventually she did need to bark. Um, so uh, she's probably just disappointed that we're no longer going to the show's not going to go on. She, she's oh yeah, that she's delighted because she's getting a walk. One of the two. Um, so, listen, I just need to thank Ross um, for, for joining us. He was having a bad hair day, uh, in case you're wondering um, why he's wearing that hat. He was having a bad hair day. Uh, I'm just jealous that he's, that, you know, he can have a bad, bad hair day. And uh, Scott, as well, it's good of you to join us from your kitchen. 
Um, and uh, I was just waiting for your, your your cleaner to come around the background there, start tidying up. But but you've been left in peace tonight, so that's good news. Um, so guys, I appreciate you giving up your your Sunday night to join us. Um, just everybody who's listening, you can obviously get the pod. You can get old pods. You can get the next ones that are coming out on a variety of platforms: Acast, iTunes, YouTube, uh, Castbox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Um, there will be a or certainly planning to be a podcast on Friday night. Uh, with Brian and Stuart, so don't miss that. Uh, they'll look back on the game of Kilmarnock um, and uh, and no doubt do a preview of uh, the next weekend's game. Uh, I suspect there will be a probably a, a post-match reaction pod from Alec. Uh, so again, just keep an eye on Frankie's uh, social media feeds. Um, tune in to um, or subscribe to YouTube uh, and that will come up. Um, and um, lastly, I just thank you for your time tonight uh, and uh, have a good week.